Let's try this again. We're back. It's like Zeke always finds the squeaky toys when we're recording. <laughs> your favorite, favorite New York. How much we love New York and how perfect it is. Me too. No way. Were we, we together? We might have been together. I have to. Our Greek. And use our codes because you know Katie loves. I love the codes. Check them in the bio. Okay. I didn't know that was in it. It's not. Um, Hello, everybody. It's Welcome a 2022 back. wrap. Holy shit. When this drops. Oh, wait. No, I'm just kidding. It'll still be 2022. But the last episode of 2022. Last episode of 2022. Big year for the New Yorkers. Yeah, we launched this year. Yeah. We rebranded this year. <laughs> Had a lot of fun guests. This one, honestly, is an epic guest. Epic guest. And it wraps up our food quarter. Perfectly. Incredibly. Mm-hmm. Um, we had Mark Straussman, the man behind Fred's, Mark's off Madison, um, the LVMH, the pop-up Fred's. Um, Campania? Campania. Campania. He's pretty epic in the food scene, and he was so knowledgeable and it was very cool because he filmed he recorded at mark's yeah so if you see him getting pulled away it's because he was getting asked questions from the kitchen um he had his chef uniform on we asked him you know all the questions you want to know about fred's um everybody run to mark's off madison don't walk it's yeah if you miss fred's go to mark's because it's got all of the Best parts of Fred, I would say. Fred's. Totally. Totally. Including the fries. And there's a bakery at Mark's. Yeah. They make their own bagels. Make their own bagels. We ask him about that. He gives us the secret sauce of a bagel, of a New York bagel. And we covered majority of the five Fs. They kind of just like rolled one into the next. Yes. Except for fitness and wellness. Yes. And Katie is very excited to talk about her (laughs) wellness 2023 Oh, 2023 is all about the wellness, baby. Yeah. We already started with working out. We did. We've been on our shit. We've been good. Yeah. And honestly, I wasn't good all of 2022, just like the last quarter of it. Yeah. So I'm going to keep that going. AKA the last in. month of it. Yes. <laughs> so tell us, Katie, what are you um, focusing on? Last quarter on? of the quarter. Um, hair care. 2023 is all about hair care. I, when I moved... I blamed a lot of my hair problems on my new shower because I was like, obviously, this is the only thing that's different. But like, what is going on with my hair? And like, my hair is like a really big part of my confidence, like my hair and my nails. So I was upset. Yeah. (laughs) And I kept thinking it was the shower or the water or whatever. So I was like, okay, maybe I'm just not scrubbing enough. Maybe, I don't know, it's the shampoo, whatever. So I realized I needed a clarifying shampoo. I know I need to order it. Bro, best decision I ever made. The one from Moroccan Oil is amazing. Like amazing because it smells like that brand. Yeah. But basically you use it like once every two weeks or so and it just gets your hair so clean. Like any dry shampoo that's built up, any like conditioner, masks, et cetera, like it gets it all out. And it's safe if you color your hair because I get highlights, obviously. So it's safe. Like it's colored. You just can't use it so much. Right. Okay. I'm ordering one literally right after this. Um, Everybody, like, get yourself one. 
No, I agree. On hair. I think like a lot of the time we forget about our about our hair. And I think people just assume like, oh, all I need is like a heat protectant mm-hmm. and like maybe a leave-in conditioner. But oh, sorry. you can get a lot more. I actually got my goddaughter got Did me you get her my five year old goddaughter. No, she got me oh, oh. <laughs> um Orabe stuff, which I've been dying to try. Carly's my sister's oh, obsessed yeah. with it. Orabe's great. Carly's like obsessed that. with it. I'm more of a Moroccan oil girl. Um, I have very flat hair, so I use like the Moroccan oil volumizing. Their root volumizing spray is incredible. Put it in before a blowout and or like on your own if you're blow drying your hair. Rub it into your scalp so hard, and I swear you can it have the does. flattest hair, and it gives you volume. No, your hair when you started using that, I noticed changed the, it. Yeah, big difference. Um, but I'm excited to start with the Orabe because I hear great things and about see their if products. You're using that stuff. You definitely need a clarifying shampoo. Yeah. Every like. Right. Okay. I'm so ordering often. it right now. Okay. I'm you ordering might- it. All right. So 2023 is the year of hair care. Hair care. You heard it here first. And I do think it's like a trend right now. Like I yeah. think people are paying attention to it all of a sudden. I agree. Cause like, okay, we figured out skincare. There's mm-hmm. enough skincare brands now. Too many. Way too many. <laughs> to be honest. Um. So yeah, no, I'm excited. And we're transitioning into fitness slash wellness quarter is Q1 of 2023. Oh, yes. We have really we have really good, good ones. Really good guests coming for that. Yeah, we have really, really good ones. Let us know if there's any specific trend you want us to talk about. Yeah. A specific, you know, workout or a specific person you'd want us to interview. And we can try our best to get that. Yeah, we're open. Um, okay. Before we get into the interview, peak and pit of 2022. Oh God. You love a peak and a pit. I do. I don't know. Hold on. Let me think. Okay. Peak launching. That'll be my peak. Okay. Good one. Pit. I don't know. Um, COVID. Did COVID still happen? (laughs) Not really. Omicron. Omicron was last Christmas, (laughs) honey. Um, you can't just throw that at me. Give me a sec. Not focusing on your wellness and fitness. Was a pit. Yeah. Yeah, it was horrible this year. Yeah, you'll get, you'll get your shit together. Yeah. In 2023. Okay, I guess that'll be my pit. Okay, mine. My peak. I won't do the same one. I know, mine was really good. Really good. And you thought of it immediately. Uh, my cousin Anastasia and her husband George's wedding. That's a good one. Literally. Like, I could relive that day and that whole weekend every single day. Definitely my peak. Uh-huh. Oh, my God. Another peak is Vail. Oh, yeah. That was 2022. Vail was really a peak. Yeah, that was good. Like, that was an incredible trip. Um, I was trying to think, where did I go? And I couldn't think of anything. Oh, I know what my pit is. Mine and Carly's travel day from hell. Oh, to New Orleans. To New Orleans. Good Honestly, one. my pit. Like, I've never experienced anything like that day before in my life. Four canceled flights, three airports, two states. Yeah, like, that's horrible. And we didn't get there till three o'clock in the morning. I would say that was probably my pit. I'd say another peak for me was Kentucky Derby, but another pit was eating shit walking into Kentucky Derby. Oh, yeah. Like, another peak for me would be Formula One. Pit would be how fucking hot yeah florida it was that confirmed for me that i could never live in florida yeah because from the months of may to october you are literally living in an oven (laughs) it is so humid yeah so hot disgusting so thick 
I like feel like I was treading water trying to walk through the streets because it was thick air. Yeah. Oh, a lot of peaks and pits. Lots. I think so far ours are pretty good. Mm-hmm. What are you most excited for for 2023? Oh my God. <laughs> These questions. Um, our podcast. Okay. I'm going to stick to that theme. Okay. You can't yeah. tell Katie's really proud to be a New Yorker. I'm so proud. I would say mine is I have a, honestly a lot. I'm traveling a lot in 2023 and I'm excited because mm-hmm. I really haven't in the past few years um, at like at all. So I'm excited. We're doing an epic girl ski trip That'll in Aspen. Be so fun. We'll vlog it. I'm going to Austin, which I've never been to Texas. And like, I don't know what I'm doing because I feel like I'm going to love Texas. Yeah. I'm going to Greece because what else is new? I'm going to Italy for a wedding. You have a Phoenix, lot of Phoenix, Arizona. I have so many weddings and baptisms in 2023. Yeah. Um, all in like the summer. Yeah. All within like a two month period. Yeah, no, I'm excited. I'm I excited. I have a good feeling about 2023. I hope you're right. And I rang in the new year last year feeling like straight up shit. (laughs) So (laughs) I'm hoping this year is better. (laughs) And honestly, like this wasn't a great year. Like New Year's was a reflection of how my year went. We had so many peaks for 2022, but I, 2022 was just like, ugh. Yeah. Had a lot of anxiety in 2022. Oh, me too. And I'm not like an anxious person, so I didn't enjoy that. Um, I am. <laughs> yeah, like I'm not. I get anxiety. I get anxiety. Oh, Katie's anxiety is next level. Another episode. Another episode. We'll talk about anxiety. Maybe we could do a like you know our anxiety cure. cures. That's a good a good highlight. I have. You so know what? Many. We can do that. We will do that. And let us know if you don't want us to do that. But we will do that the first. <laughs> solo episode of 2023 because I'm sure everyone's going to have a anxiety after their new years. Yeah. Okay. No, I don't get anxiety, but I do get hangovers. So I have cures for those. I got a hangover. Neither of us have exciting new year's plans. So don't be expecting anything fun. (laughs) We'll both be in Florida. We're not together. Not together and like spending it with our parents. Woo. Crazy. Hope everybody had happy holidays. Yeah, Merry Christmas, Happy Hanukkah, Kwanzaa just started. And if we're missing something, sorry, Happy Holidays. Happy Holidays in general, (laughs) if you celebrate something different. And Happy New Year. And Happy New Year, and thanks for riding along with us on this first year. Yeah. And sticking through us with the shitty audio. Yeah, wow, we really upgraded. We had shitty audio. We've had some technical issues, including last week. We recorded an entire episode that didn't actually record. So, yeah, thanks for sticking with us. Follow us on TikTok and Instagram and use our codes. Yes. Enjoy the episode with Mark. Yep. And stay hungry. See you in the new year. Bye-bye. Ciao. Well, Mark, thank you so much for joining us. Um, We're really excited to have you on. Thank you. So to start out, can you tell our listeners a little bit about yourself? Where are you from? What do you do? Sure. Uh, My name is Mark Straussman. I'm a real New Yorker, as you would say. (laughs) Uh, I grew grew up in Queens. I studied uh, hotel management at New York City 
technical college. Then I went to Europe for four years working kitchens to have um, become a European trained chef. And uh, fast forward, I was the chef at Coco Passo, and then I owned my own restaurant, Campania, on 21st Street. And then I got uh, opened with the family of Barney's, uh, Fred's at Barney's New York, which lasted until Barney's closed. And now we're coming live to you from my new restaurant, Mark's Off Madison on 26th Street in New York City. Awesome. I think everybody, any OG New Yorkers were huge Fred's fans. And I actually yeah, just absolutely. went to Mark's and the fries are the same. It's it's definitely got the taste of Fred's there. Cool. Both amazing, honestly. Very iconic New York. Fred's yeah, became listen, like a staple. That's what it's all about. Yeah. So you've obviously been around the food scene quite a bit. How did you get into the food services industry? You said you had studied hotel management? I studied hotel management. I was always interested in food. What happened was, is that uh, when I was at Queens College, before I went to New York City Tech, I ran the uh, pub there, the Rat Skeller, for a couple wow. of years. I kind of got really interested in, uh, you know, the restaurant industry and service and hospitality. I, you know, I kind of felt that it was in my blood. It was kind of a way to perform with people and, you know, make people happy. So something I kind of fell into, but I always enjoyed cooking even when I was younger. So, you know, it kind of makes sense. Do right. you feel like obviously New York has arguably one of the most is one of the most vibrant food um, cities and scenes. Do you feel like growing up here shaped your interest into getting uh, I think it 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 I don't know if it shaped it I mean it shaped it yes because you know growing up here but you know I mean a lot of that comes from your family I think also mm -hmm. and you know maybe your DNA but you know I always say you know you know it's great go to Cornell and study hotels and you'll be in Ithaca you study hotels in New York City you can go talk to the general manager of you know the four seasons of the Waldorf you know, it's just it's it's just, I think, a better place to learn about hotels and, and fine dining. Right. That's a, yeah, that's actually really interesting. It's that's almost true. like experience and just like live interaction speaks for itself and is kind of like its own sort of different education. And you're working it and you're in the middle of the scene. You're in the middle of the environment mm -hmm. of, you know, the food scene. And right. whether you're whether you're young, you know, and you're not there yet, but you're still around it, it's still accessible to you. And that's yeah. kind of what I think is really cool. Um, the restaurant scene, I think specifically in New York, I know in general is like ultra competitive and it's known to being one of the more competitive industries, um, super hard to kind of infiltrate. What do you think has kind of attributed to the success of your establishments, especially like a Fred's and a Mark's, like such just iconic places that have really made names for themselves. Like Fred's is still, I feel like a household name. Right. And it's not even, it's, it's closed. Right. Except for the pop-up, but yes. Right. right. But, but the fact that we even had a pop-up. Right. Exactly. You know, is a testament to it. Look, I think that look, it, you know, it's a couple of things. One is, 
three, location, location, location. Mm. Then it's hospitality, hospitality, hospitality. Mm. <clears throat> and then it's a menu. Yeah. And the menu, I mean, the, you know, if it's precious food, you eat it once a year. Right. If it's wholesome food, you want to try to eat that every night. Right. And I think that really helps. That it's a combination of the three, of the location, the 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 customer base, the food, and the type of service and ambiance that you give. Like right. Fred's was like a club. You know, people said, "Well, you know." What about why was Fred so successful? Fred's was successful because it wasn't perfect. Um, that's the reason why it wasn't perfect. And what? you know, because a lot of my customers lived in perfect lives, they had beautiful apartments, right. it's like White Lotus in a sense, right. without all the murder and the sex. Yeah, so but you know, it's really all about service. Wow, interesting. I love that it was successful because it wasn't perfect. Um, so speaking of, you touched upon, you know, one of the important things is the menu. Yep. So where do you draw inspiration for different dishes and like what goes into designing a menu? Well, I mean, you draw inspiration. I usually draw inspiration from my past. Okay. From my studies, from what I've done. And then from trends, you know, let, you know, as somebody once said, let trend be your friend, you know, <laughs> and, you know, the way you write a menu classically is you have a little bit of something for everybody. Right. You know, you have, you know, you have shellfish, you have fish, you have, you know, local, you have, fan, you, you know, it's, it, it's like, it's like when you do a dessert menu, you have to have one chocolate, mm -hmm. one lemon you need one fruit one cream one pudding you know and that's kind of in a sense the way you do um a menu right you know plus it's also some of it has to do with local you know i mean we're going to do lobster rolls in the summer right it, exactly you know, because new york is off the coast of long island right okay so a lot of things kind of go into it and you like to make it more like i guess well-rounded menu yeah, and you know we, uh, you know the most important thing for us is seasonal cooking. Mm -hmm. Is that we as much product that's in season as possible. Right. So, what would you? It's funny you said that because I had studied abroad in Italy, and that was something I really noticed there—the seasonal cooking. And you say you want something if it's not in season, you can't even find it at the grocery right. store. And um, so you said you spent some time in Europe. What would you say some major differences are that you see in the food scene, even just the hospitality scene in general between, let's say, Europe and the States or New York specifically? I think Europe is a little more fancier. Okay. okay. So it's more casual in the U.S., dining-wise. I think, I think the Americans are casual. I yeah. think that's always the difference. Is that you know we have a casual formality, where in Europe they have a formal formality. Right. You know, not that that makes any sense in English, but <laughs> but it does when you're talking, and you know because everything like in Europe, everyone's got a tablecloth. Now, right in America, you don't see tablecloths. Some of it also has to do with the environment. 
you know, washing all the tablecloths and, you know, are not good with all the chemicals. Where right. in Europe, it's more about, you know, tradition, fancy, you know, five different forks, two different knives. Right. Three, you know, where in New York, it's more, you know, it's casual. But what, what I do is I do a casually chic service with, you know, Michelin star food. Well, the Michelin gives us a star or not. The Michelin guide in New York is not the same one in Paris. Right. It's interesting you say that because I feel like even if you go to like a French bistro in New York, it has, it does, it tries to mimic, I guess, that upscale vibe that you could get in Europe versus going to like a classic American flair restaurant. I mean, like you go to Hillstones and it's really casual versus like more of a French bistro or European vibe. Right, for sure. I also look, I mean, Oh, sorry, go the, ahead. You know, bistros, you know, they're trying to create an ambiance. Right. Right. right, right where you feel like you're walking into, a, you know, in France, because a bistro is actually downscale in Europe. Right, exactly, yeah. Oh, that's so interesting. I never really thought of it like that. That's true. Mm-hmm. It would be, I guess. I mean, not downscale, but basically what it was, was, you you know, in, in Europe, to call yourself a restaurant, you have to have certain things. So oh, okay. if you're a bistro, it could be a bit more casual. Basically, a bistro is a casual restaurant in French. Oh, I did not know that. It's funny you say that because I, I mean, I noticed it it's even like in a Italy. Trotteria as opposed right. to a restaurant. Exactly. Right. That makes sense. So it's kind of the same, you know? Yes. Um, so bringing it back to Fred's a little bit. Okay. When you were starting Fred's. Did yes. you have any idea it was going to turn into the what it turned into and like have this legacy? I don't say I had an idea that it was that, it, you know, but, you know, what it what it really was, was I wanted to do two things. I wanted to be the food version of Barney's. Mm-hmm. Right. Which in 1996, when I took over Fred's, was this high fashion, iconic, you know, store that, you know, it was, it was in its prime. I mean, it was in its, it was like, you know, yeah, in its prime. I mean, it was like the middle of, you know, the nineties fashion, you know, as a Dean you know, all of these famous things that Barney's, you know, had exclusives on. Yeah. And I, what I wanted to do was have represent Barney's through food. Right. And then the other thing I w- was was very fascinated about is I had worked at Mortimer's for a very short time in New York and was the whole thing about the chopped salad from the Brown Derby in L.A. from um, what's uh, what's that other restaurant in L.A.? The, the Bond, the Bond, you know. Oh, uh, the Ivy? The Ivy. Uh, the yeah. Ivy. And, um, you know, I thought that that was missing in New York. And that that would be a good thing for Fred's. And, you know, one of the things that people always say and what they like about Mark's, because it's similar to Fred's, is our menu is not the same menu at lunch and dinner. Yes, that's I do really I like love, that. Love, love about lunch Mark's. menu. Yes. Right. Salad, a club sandwich, you know, the classics in a sense, but also stuff that's seasonal, but but done in lunch form as opposed to you know, having a dinner entree. Right. I I actually noticed that when I went to Mark's and 
I think that's, I think it's really nice because I think the thing that makes New York City specifically unique to a lot of other places is because everyone's just walking around in the streets and we're all, everything's very accessible. I would say majority of people probably go out for lunch, out for dinner. So it's not like, you know, a restaurant in the middle of nowhere that is probably just going to be serving the same menu all day because they're really not getting a lot of people in for lunch. Um, but, but most New York restaurants do that, too. Right. Yeah. Have the same menu for lunch right. and dinner. Yeah, no, you that know, is I, so smart. You know what it is? It's like, here's the thing that I noticed with my customers. A lot of them. They've, they've been all over the world. Mm-hmm. So if you, you impress them, with less than more. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. Just make sure that everything you serve is the best ingredient possible. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah, no, and the food is incredible. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. So obviously, Barney's was iconic. Fred's was iconic. Um, I'm sure you probably saw some crazy things in <laughs> there. Uh, do you have any stories that come to the top of your head where you're like, wow, you would only see this here? <laughs> well, I mean, you know, people, you know, it was a very celebratory restaurant. Right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I mean, even though it was not an 11 Madison, right? Right. I mean... People used to propose to their significant others. We had a couple of those where we were asked to hide the, you know, engagement. Oh, my God. Oh, wow. Stuff like that. Um, you know, you know, listen, people, you know, this whole thing about misbehaving. Yeah. You know, not as, you, know, it, you know, a lot of it is not as much as you would think. You know, people came in, you know, you know, my, my whole thing is the cooler you are or the cooler the image your restaurant has, the nicer you need to be at the front desk. You need Once people get there, you need to dispel that image. It's really important. You don't want people to feel that it's unapproachable. They're unapproachable. Right. You don't want people to feel inferior. You know, it's, it's welcoming. You're here. Enjoy it. Everyone can afford it. Right. Yeah. I feel like even when you say it was like a celebratory restaurant, when you think of Barney's, Barney's would carry brands that no other department store carried. And, yeah, you know, you went to Barney's to make a big purchase, not to just do your regular shopping. So I think a lot of people, you know, you want to buy yourself something nice. You want to sit down right. have a nice meal right afterwards. Right. You know, but it was also like people would come there for generational. Like yeah. your grandma, like on Saturday and Sunday, totally. the grandpa would come and, you know, with their daughter and their granddaughter, you know, it was, it was that. I mean, it, you know, it was everything. People shopping, people who lived in the neighborhood. It, it was one of, it, it, it was a perfect store. Right. Yeah. It really was. It was magical. 
And, yeah. and, and a lot of it had to do with Barney's. Uh, let's be real. Right. You know, it'd be foolish to think that it didn't. Uh, and, you know, look, Barney's gave me a stage and I created a show that, you know, I get, you know, you don't, until it's gone, you don't realize is, you know, cause you're spending um, every day I would wake up, I would try to conquer that day. Yeah. I wouldn't think about, you know, oh, you know, uh, you know, people when you're walking down the street know who you are or whatever, you know, you know, I don't read my own press keeps my head makes it easy to get it through the door every day. Right. <laughs> well, it's funny you say that because I feel like when everyone heard the news about Barney's, I remember because we grew up in the city and all our friends, everyone's concern was, well, what about Fred's? Like the that only was, concern <laughs> was what everybody was saying. Because where are we going to go for lunch? Right. right. Um, so moving on to now Mark's, um, right. how did you kind of marry the idea of bringing in certain touches from Fred's to yeah. Mark's? What would you say makes Marks very unique from what was going on at Fred's? Okay, well, originally, Marks and Fred's was supposed to coexist together. Okay. When I signed the lease, you know, uh, I mean, I knew things were a little bit dicey uptown, but I didn't think that they would, you know, crash and burn the way they did. Right, right. Then, then, then COVID happened, so it would have crashed and burned anyway, most likely. Mm-hmm. So... You know, it, it's one of those things. Um, I mean, you know, it's like I remember when I closed the restaurant, my kids seemed a little nervous. They were little then. Now they're older. You know, it's like, you know, like, you know, Campania is in the front seat driving a car. Yeah. I'm Campania. Yeah. Like Fred's is tables and chairs. Right. Um, it's me. It's my energy. And, it, and it's the room. And it's it won't be the same down here. So I had to take that that energy that I had that I used to do Fred's and create that to create Campania. And, you know, it's time to do another show. You know, it's very similar to entertainment. You know, it's like, you know, it's like, I guess one of these shows, you know, was, you know, a writer from a different show. Yeah. Which, you know, which helps get you into meetings for people to give you more shows. Because right. you are, you have a success and you, you know, once you always have it, you know, the first one is the hardest to get. Mm-hmm. You just, it has to feel right. And I walked into 41 Madison and it just felt right. So something I would say pretty unique to Mark's, because um, I wouldn't say there's a lot of restaurants that you can get a classic New York bagel at. You usually have to go to your local little deli. Um, How did you kind of come up with that idea? And what would you say makes the perfect New York bagel? You know, it's really a good question. Uh, So, you know, I used to do the bagels at Fred's only on the weekend. Okay. So they started there. And then I decided I wanted a bakery because, you know, Look, I consider myself, you know, pretty good chef. You know, like I, you know, I don't like to tell my own horn. Um, I but, would say know, so. <laughs> but, but, but to get three Michelin stars, you have to bake your own bread. Now, I don't want three Michelin stars. I did not know that. Yeah, that's interesting. But uh, in Europe, I, in France, okay. in Europe, 
So I wanted to be able to provide that kind of quality of food, not necessarily presentation, but food. And I want, you know, I kind of, I used to have a motorcycle. So I sold that and decided to become a baker. A bread baker. <laughs> From motorcycles kind of my, to baking. Well, it was my kind of my midlife crisis. I decided to become a baker. That's not a bad one. Uh, it's, it's, it's safer than a motorcycle, I guess. Yeah. So you dodged our question. What is the secret to the New York City bagel? Oh, no, sorry. The <laughs> secret to the New York City bagel is making it like it used to be made in 1950. Really? You know, it, yeah. It's three to four ounces of dough. It's fermented longer. It's rolled. It's boiled. And it's baked. And it's only seated on one side. Right now, my bagels are less than 300 calories. Your average wow. bagel, bagel is about 700 calories. Right. What? They're balloons. They're seven to eight ounces of dough. Yeah. They're huge. You know, it's like the bagel got supersized like everything else. <laughs> really? It, it really did. If you look at pictures of bagels, go on the internet and look at pictures of bagels. I know, I got to pull this up. 50s, yeah. And you'll see much smaller bagels. Wow. Wow. So keep it classic. Listen, I think people, I think people want, you know, I think as, especially your generation want to get back to the, re, the to the real. Right. Mm -hmm. For sure. Like it to the, to the core. Right. What was it, you know, what was it's originally yes. like? Yeah. Not this, you know, version that's been, you know, done for Instagram. You know, it's like. You know, why'd that restaurant close? Well, it cooked for Instagram instead of cooking for people. Right. right. It's true. And that really has happened. And Instagram has become the new Zagat. Yeah. Right. Exa literally. Exactly. Yeah. So That's before so we wrap up, we're going to go into our five F's yeah. segment, which it's all yeah. going to be geared towards food. So first we're going to start with fads. Are there any yeah. fads, which I guess we kind of just touched on, but any fads that you're seeing in the food scene or the hospitality scene that you think are short-lived? I'm hoping that outdoor dining in the street yeah. is short-lived. Yes. Um, and that's because we shouldn't eat in the street. Right, especially in this we city. Eat, <laughs> we, can, we can eat in a side, on a sidewalk cafe yeah. like in Paris. You know, I, I find that that is um, kind of a fad that should go away. You know, it, with... Being in middle, you know, ending COVID, it's like you're so just numb to what's going on. Right, you, right, right. You don't and even realize. Fact, you know, listen, do I think pizza will die down a little bit? Probably. But it'll come back a couple of years again. You know, it's one of the, you know, everything's a circle. Yeah. Well, it's funny you say that about the outdoor dining, because even like my dad will always say it. He's like, if I'm going to pay to enjoy a nice meal right. I, I don't want to be sitting in the street like an outdoor an outdoor sidewalk setup is totally different it doesn't compare but when you're eating in like a tent on the street it's right. just something's not right here <laughs> I know COVID that's like something that has stuck like now that yeah it's well, so crazy I, I wouldn't say we're finished with it yet right yeah. all right but you do think that will go away I think eventually it has to. Yeah. 
the streets need to come back. And, you know, it, it, it's, uh, you know, listen, um, do I think that people will go to the movies again? Mm. I, I'm not so sure about right. that. I think that Hollywood will need to make theater worthy movies. Yeah. Yeah. That's fair. <laughs> well, because let's, let's be real until people stop going to the movies. I never realized how much business I got from movie theaters. People really? before they go, well, yeah, you're going on, say you're going on a date or you're going with your, you know, your significant other, let's go have a glass of wine before the movie. Right. Well, the movie was not that long. Let's go have a glass of wine after. Come on, we'll share a pasta, you know, and it was, it was a lot of business. Yeah. Yeah. It's more really out and about. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that, you know, that's something that may stick because of COVID. Right. And I, you know, I'm I'm wondering if the trend of late night dining is finished for a while. Yeah, oh, yeah, interesting. I think that's for sure changed. Well, I think even I know a few restaurants that used to offer it yes. and stopped or cut oh, it really? short. Um, I yeah. mean, Green Kitchen on the Upper East Side is yeah, not that's, yeah, it's not 24 hours anymore. No, that was 24 hours since I was a kid. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, that's my family's go-to. Um, so, okay, so moving on to our food. Are you, obviously you work in the restaurant business, but would you say you're, you prefer going out to eat? Do you like a home-cooked meal? And is there well, any specific dish you prefer to stay in? Well, I mean, you know, listen, I'm out five nights a week. Right, yeah. exactly. But I also have a significant, you know, companion who, you know, doesn't work in the restaurant business. So, you know, it's it's a fine line. Right. You know, but what I like, when I go out, I want to go to Queens. I want to go to Brooklyn. Mm -hmm. I don't want to go to 11 Madison. Right, you know? right. I want to, not that I pick on a dumb, I love 11 Madison. It, it's, it's, you know, I, I just want to, I want to see ethnic. I want to see what the world, you know, what people are doing, you mm -hmm. know, it, I want to look what younger people are doing, you know, and just, it's kind of fun, you know? Right. Yeah. Would you say, what would you say your go-to cuisine is if you're eating out? You know, it's Greek. No way. That's me. I like Greek food. Yeah. That's I mean, why you like going to Queens. <laughs> my favorite is to go to Astoria. I yeah, it. that's I great. I worked in Astoria when I was in my 20, early 20s. So, you know, I was born in Queens. I, you know, I have a fondness towards it. Yeah. And, yeah. you know, look, I, to be honest with you, you know, in the words of Scarface, I don't get high on my own supply. Right, yeah. right. I, I can, you know, I can't, I, I can't eat my food every night. Yeah. I eat ingredients. So, that's why lots of times, you know, you can go to Greek because it's grilled. grilled yeah, you know, different food, stuff like that. Yeah. You know, um, but, you know, one of my my oldest son loves, you know, Asian food. So I'll go with him. Yeah. I mean, yeah. When he was like in his teens, he used to take me to restaurants where he wanted me to watch him eat like grasshoppers, <laughs> which you get in Queen. Right. <laughs> Normally Thai food and stuff. And, you know, but I was kind of proud that he like wanted to understand that there's more to food 
there's more to this world than French, American, and Italian. Right, right, right. There's like, yeah. There's, there's all the more to try. Right, but it's also, it's, we, 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 you know, as Americans, we're so, like, isolated. And we don't, you know, the one thing that I learned when I went to Europe the first time when I was working, it's not American, man. Yeah. <laughs> Europe, you know, Americans don't know what it's like to be a foreigner. Right. That's true. so true. That's a really great statement. Yeah. And you know what? It's something everyone should do. A hundred percent. I agree. You know, it's like just because they do it in America. What is that? that we, these okay. People don't care. Right. <laughs> right. They don't care. Yeah. So, okay. So some now fashion, because we you brought up Europe again. You said, yes. you know, I think Europe has a little bit more of that fancier vibe than New York. Um, and I think even probably our parents' generation, you know, yes. you would get dressed up to go out to dinner, to go to a restaurant. It was more of a thing where now you see people at a white tablecloth meal in sweatpants. Yeah. What kind of vibe would you say you prefer? Do you, do you like this movement more towards a casual or you think, you know, there should be something special about going to a restaurant? I think that, you know, sweatpants belong in a gym. Right. <laughs> That's you a know, good answer. I, you know, look, you know, you know what I really love when I watch like the NBA draft or the NFL draft and these young athletes wearing pockets. Yeah. And, you know, I mean, it's like, come on, you know, you're out in public, you're giving someone a, a you know, a view of yourself. I mean, you know, look, anyone could, you know, it's like, you know, it's like they said at the World Cup, you know, please stand if you feel, you know, if you're able to. Right. You know, I'm okay with that too. Right. It's just, you know, I mean, look, you can dress the way you want, but you know what? I like pocket squares. I agree. I like a blazer. All right. I mean, you know, everybody, you know, we're only human. I mean, we yeah. want to, we want a little vanity, you know? Vanity yeah. Is, Vanity will save your life. <laughs> right. As far as health goes. You don't have vanity, you won't think about being healthy. And one of the coolest things about Fred's, it was the most fabulous looking crowd. Yeah. Young, old. You know, it wasn't just wealthy people. It was, you know, people who wanted to come in and see Barney's. It was such a dichotomy of human being. Like New York. Yeah. Right. That's so true. Okay, we will definitely dress up when yeah. we come into Mark's. <laughs> yeah. You know, it's just, it, it, it's like everything. It, it's, you know, I want people to be comfortable. Of course. Yeah, I mean, I think both of us prefer I prefer getting, yes, you know, you want to feel, yeah. Um, At okay. least put together. <laughs> right. Um, so moving on to our fun, to wrap it up, we want to talk about the Fred's pop-up. So can you tell our listeners a little bit about that, how that came to fruition? You know, I can. And, and, and I have to say, you know, look, if you're going to sit and wait for accolades and you're going to sit and wait to be recognized, you're going to be an angry person. <laughs> you really are. Right. Is it fair? No. The world isn't fair. The world is skewed, okay? It's absolutely, completely unfair, okay? 
look at White Lotus. That's kind of what it's about, right? <laughs> exactly. You know, um, but, you know, I get a phone call. I'm on vacation from the people at Authentic Brands, and they're like, you know, Louis Vuitton is, you know, they're taking over the building. They needed to do this 200 visionaries for their 200th anniversary. And would you be interested in talking to them about doing a Fred's pop-up? Sure. <laughs> All right. So, you know, we set up a meeting after Labor Day, right after it, Labor Day. And um, and then what happens is the head of communication says to me, look, unless you're interested, we're not doing this. But if you're interested, we want to give New York a present. Wow, wow. I love that. Wanted to give New York a present. Look, the last memory we have of Fred's is yellow and black liquidation sales. Right. Mm. You're right. And what they were able to do was give everyone who wanted it the last impression of Fred's, yeah. At Fred's at Louie, which is pretty amazing. That's awesome. So amazing. So amazing. And so my point is, is that I mean, it was an I'm honored. I mean, I'm like, you know, listen, I I I had completely come to came to terms with Fred. Wow. Like everyone is like, how does it feel being in the building again? I, you know, I have no feeling. Right. Right. <laughs> you know, uh, you know, because you walked in that building so many it's it was like riding a bike. How does right. it feel like riding a bike? Well, if you think about it, you're gonna fall off the bike. So right. And it's the same thing, but you know, what I finally realized was how lucky a person I am to be able to get a, to be able to get a, an extra standing ovation. Right. I really like that idea of like, you know, when you think about it, it gives, yeah, yeah. And it gives people that last positive, fun memory of Fred's versus, you know, the unfortunate situation that we had. You know, I mean, you know, besides, you know, what's better than being linked to Barney's? Well, Louis Vuitton's up there. Yeah, yeah. I would say so. Right. Yeah. And, and they were great. And all of their executives were, came in and Bernard Arnault came in before the, you know, the state dinner. And he said, thank you. And he enjoyed it. So, I mean, you know, it's like, it's like winning a gold medal in a sense, you know. Right, right. right. In my mind. And I'm sure um, they were honored to have you and Fred's as well. Yeah. I think anybody would be. It was fun. It was great. You know, it's a team. Yeah. Yeah. And I think we need to get get those Marks hats. They're so cute. Yes. Absolutely. It takes a village, as they say. Right. 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 Exactly. So thank you so much for joining us. We'll let you get back to work. And where... We know where Mark's is, but tell everyone, all our listeners, where it is so they can it's come. at 26th Street in Madison at 41 Madison Avenue at 26th Street, right across from Madison Square Park. Amazing. Awesome. 